You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it is Friday, and we are in the Farm Bureau Studios. The inaugural, the first, at least the first of this year, Tracks Plus. Deep dig the 2023 football season. I'm Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory is here with me. It's here. It is here. Kind of knocked the dust off this past Sunday. Well, I didn't knock the dust off downtown Starville. Well, no, you didn't. But we knocked the du- dust off of giving a bunch of stats to get us ready for our Tracks Plus deep dig. So if you hadn't had a chance to listen to this past Sunday coffee, well, actually, it was the midweek show, right? Yeah, it was the midweek show because on Sunday. No, it was Sunday no, coffee. it was Sunday coffee. It was the midweek show that we had Brad Peterson in. Yeah, so the the Sunday coffee, we talked about the, the season numbers that we wanted to see from a Tracks Plus deep dig standpoint. But like you just said, if you're coming to town this weekend, yes, there is a lot of dust downtown. Yeah, and so those of you who listen to the Sunday coffee episode of our show will know what's going on. But there is a major renovation project underway on Main Street in Startville and some of the streets to the side. It's going to become much more pedestrian-friendly, I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm told it's going to be really cool. The problem is we have growing pains. We got some gravel in the road. We got some dust on the buildings. They're putting in some infrastructure. Yes. And nobody likes infrastructure construction. But they're putting in sewer. They're putting in doing some water issues. The only thing worse than infrastructure construction is infrastructure failure. (laughs) <laughs> and what you would know is my office, by the way, is located on Main Street in Starville. And many years ago, one of these water lines that is being replaced now ruptured way up the street. But the water came down the street, up on the sidewalk, and right through my front door. Did it really? And I was flooded. Did you call Farm Bureau? On Main Street. They took good care of us, as a matter of fact. Yeah, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Home Life Auto. If you got a little flooding. Whatever you're in the market for, good friends at Farm Bureau. Yeah, they took care of us. We did, by the way. We had to, like, freeze all the paper that got wet, and then they had a dry-out procedure. Pretty cool. Did it work? Nah, not great. No. But it was it was ambitious, and if anything. It's all about the thought. Yeah, and so, hey, we're going to be ambitious as we look at this ball game this weekend. Southeastern Louisiana University coming in. What sort of team are they? They are the number 15 team in FCS out of Hammond, Louisiana, at 12,500 students out of the Southland Conference in BART. They play their games on turf when they play at home. Turf this on their field, Strawberry Field is the name of their field, by the way. You know, at one time, and there's a plaque in downtown Hammond that declares it the strawberry capital of America. But actually, most designations of the strawberry capital of the United States go to Oxnard, California, where the Cowboys have a training camp. So you think California and Florida have the most production of strawberries, even though there's a lot of people, Ponchatoula area, down you know, in Hammond, that they, they actually produce a lot, of, uh, a lot of strawberries. One ball game in this series. Sorry. Between these two teams. No, I wasn't. No, I was just, I'm sorry I got into the strawberries. No, I was just pivoting. Okay. 
Um, and perhaps Wesley Carroll had some strawberries. Did he play at Southeastern Louisiana when he left here? He played versus Southeastern Louisiana, our only prior meeting back in 2008. Bulldogs won that one 34-10. Carroll had two touchdown passes. Anthony Dixon ran for 80 yards and a couple in a 34-10 win. So two, two lane. I'm looking at my sheet, and I, I'm looking at my color codes, and I see green and a Louisiana. I want to think Tulane. But you know why you should think Tulane? Because Frank Selfo, who's in his sixth year as a head coach at Southeastern Louisiana, his brother Chris Selfo was the longtime head coach at Tulane. And Frank Selfo was an assistant coach there for 11 years. Yes. So the, when I think of Selfo, I do think of Tulane. So Frank Selfo was a high school coach, coached at Tulane for a while. Then he went to Arizona, went to the NFL. If you consider Jacksonville the NFL, I suppose they are. Well, he was the quarterback coach for Nick Foles at Arizona. And then Nick Foles, of course, won the Super Bowl for Philadelphia as a backup, backup replacement, and actually won the game. Then uh, he went to UT San Antonio, uh, and his brother now coaching offensive line at Houston. Um, here's one thing about this staff. It's a staff that's been together for a little while. Selfo in his sixth season, his offensive coordinator, Greg Stevens, has been there six years. Defensive coordinator, Bill DeTavio, is in his third season. So, you know, at the head coach and coordinator spots, the system's been in place. And this has been a team, again, I get it, they're an FCS team. I'm not going to oversell this. This is not a high-level opponent. If Mississippi State were to lose, panic. Yes. Um, but one thing they've done, they've been good. In his time there, Four and seven, eight and five, six and three, nine and four, nine and four the past two years, reached second round of the playoffs, won the Southland last year. So on our show, oh, by the way, you know who coached? So one other thing about Southeastern Louisiana, this program went dormant for 18 years, came back in 2003 under Hal Mummy. Hal Mummy and Woody Woodenhofer. Well, Woodenhofer was the defensive coordinator there, but Mummy coached them in their first two years trying to resurrect the program in three and four. Man, when I think of Woody Woodenhofer, I think of Vanderbilt. He was a longtime coach at Vanderbilt. Hey, going back to Chris Selfo, who's the brother of Frank Selfo, Chris Selfo was the head coach of Tulane when Katrina hit in 2005. And remember, Chris Selfo is the guy that called out Ed Ogeron when he was a coach at Ole Miss and saying, hey, after Katrina hit, they're trying to poach all of our players. And he just started talking about the worst disaster in American history. And you got a school and a program trying to poach their players the week after the hurricane. Just vicious truths all around. <laughs> um, so as you probably know, we do here on this show, we go through on our deep dig, we each look at three numbers, we look at a couple of players from the opposing team, and then we talk about whatever else we want to in our One More Thing segment. And Bart, our three numbers, we have always started with you. The debate, I think, isn't so much whether you go first or I do, but whether you're going to go high to low or low to high. Well, I'm going to set the tone this year, and I'm going to go high to low. And our three numbers brought to you by a new sponsor this year, and that's Maroon & Company. And you're going to want to listen to this. Yes. We have our own apparel supplier now here on the out-of-left-field, Tracks Plus Deep Dig, Sunday Coffee. Go to maroonandco.com. 
as well as in-store purchases. Of course, they're right there at the Cotton Mill Exchange, very close to campus, right there. If you can find Chick-fil-A. If you can find Chick-fil-A, you can find Maroon and Company. And here's the thing that they have. They have the largest selection of the new 90s interlocking MSU, that MSU vault from the 90s. And you can go online to maroonandco.com backslash 90s MSU. And you can look through all that great stuff. You're burying the lead here. What's the big news about this? But if you go online or go in the store, when you get ready to check out, all you have to say is apply the promo code LEFTFIELD15, and you're going to get 15% off your purchases. Some exclusions apply, though, but most of everything. I'd say 95% of everything. Leftfield, 15, and you get 15% off. That's a pretty cool deal. Pretty cool deal. You know, were, I felt like, because you put that out on Twitter yesterday, and I was like, man, I wonder if he's letting people in on a secret. You know, I, I kind of wondered if we were almost too public. But we're, we're driving. Yeah, we're driving people there. So if, if you want something when you're coming to the game this weekend, if you need a cowbell, if you need a quarter zip, if you want a mug, you want something. You're not going to gonna want a quarter zip so much this weekend. But you want to get it right now. Although it's going to be in the 80s, looking pretty cool. So, anyway, Maroon Company. Yeah. They got some cool stuff. Check them out. And don't go shop without using that code. Yep. Left field, 15. Okay, here are my numbers. I'll start with number seven. And that's the number. Wait, you're going high to low. I am. I'm going high to low. Yeah. Okay. High to low. This, I'm going to set the tone right now. Seven missed tackles. Okay, that's I don't want to see us miss more than seven tackles. Here's the reason why I say seven missed tackles. Last year against Memphis in the first game of the year, that was the lowest number of missed tackles we had in a home game all season long. And so we did a good job coming out of the gate, coming out of fall camp, working on fundamentals and making tackles. And how do teams from the FCS like Southeastern Louisiana, how do they beat teams is they make you miss tackles. You do a lot of dumb stuff offensively and defensively. But I think missed tackles is the first thing you got to focus on, making tackles in front. It kind of leads to my second number, and the second number is five. Southeastern Louisiana last year had some big play potential in the run game. They averaged right at eight runs per game over 10 yards. You like to limit that to about five because if you're limiting that to five, that means you're making tackles. So seven missed tackles, five running plays, limit them to no more than five running plays of over 10 yards. And my third thing flips to the offensive side. And so one of the things we've talked about in the offseason is Will Rogers in this new system. How will this new system be under Will Rogers? Well, last year, Chase Bryce for Appalachian State in this offense under Kevin Barbet, his highest graded area last season was 20 yards plus in between the hashes, in the middle of the field. He completed 61% of his passes in the middle of the field last year over 20 yards. Give me that percent again. Of the passes, of the passes, he threw 20 yards down the field in the middle of the field. He completed 61% of those passes. So seam routes, post routes, deep crosses, play action, Look for Will Rogers to use the middle of the field, down the field more than we're used to seeing. And so I want to see three of those, just at least three of those, 20 yards down the field in between the hashes, and that's my third and final number. All right, so by comparison, I want to seize on that last number a minute. 60-some-odd percent, Kevin Barbet's last quarterback, deep middle. If you go back and you look last year, Will Rogers' deep middle, 
8 of 22, three touchdowns, two picks. If he had success deep, it was outside the numbers. Okay, so deep left, 20 yards or more, outside the left hash, 7 of 11, four touchdowns, no picks, an NFL quarterback rating of 146.8. So you kind of seized on the middle of the field. Is that important to you? I think it's just difference in style. Because on the side, you're, you're working against cornerbacks. You're working against safeties. Play action brings safeties up. And so you probably see more attacking of the middle of the field this year than you have in years past. All right, and I can buy that. I was looking last night, by the way, at the position groups for southeastern Louisiana. And if I had to pick the weakest group on the field for them, it is probably the secondary. they got to replace four starters back there in a team that wasn't great in preventing the deep ball last year as it was. So maybe it's good they're replacing four guys. I don't know. But what do you sometimes see, too? And it goes back to Mississippi State's going to be more active in the running game this year. Pull up the safeties, just kind of cheat up a little bit, cheat up a little bit, play action over the top. So I'll I'll play along with that. So your three numbers again. Seven missed tackles. Don't want to see more than seven missed tackles. Because we have had some physical practices. We've been working on tackling a good bit. Can I ask a question? Sure. Do you worry about the impact on that number of, let me just give you a scenario. Let's say it's 42-6 to six at the end of the third quarter. Do you, do you worry that? Well, fourth quarter stats don't mean a whole lot then. All right. So we're, we're, can we put a general caveat that we're talking about when the game's still being played? Yes. Yeah, I think so. But, hey, you know, last year in the fourth quarter, the game was over, too, and our secondary and second team came in and tackled well. Yeah, we're not looking for drop-off, right? Got to hold them responsible. I just don't want to see a thunderstorm come through and we have about a two-hour delay on Saturday like we had in our season opener last year. I don't think that's going to happen. It just kind of ruined that game one for me. I just remember being so tired. Yeah, that one – that was bad. All right, so that's a look at your three numbers. By the way, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, check them out. Agents in all. 82 of Mississippi's counties. 82. That's one number for you, Bart. That's the number of counties in the state of Mississippi. But I'm going to give you my three numbers, and I'll go – I'm going to go high to low. Excuse me. I'm going to go low to high. Go low to high. I'm high to low. Yeah, so the first one is this. I'm glass half full to start. I want one made field goal. Okay. I don't want any more than that. A little practice is what you're looking I for? I don't want to roll into next week, the night game against a Power 5 opponent with nobody having to execute a hole to snap and a kick from a hash mark, you know? Yeah, they I, moved to the Big 12, so they're still going to be Power 5. Yeah. I got four of them out there that may not be Power 5. Well, yeah, that's right. Well, that's a whole other show. But so anyway, I want one made field goal, and I want to feel good about it. And by the way, it goes without saying, I want it to be one out of one. I don't want there to be. One for four? Yeah, I want one attempt, one make. Uh, The third is, you know, know, in baseball with pitchers you have what you call whip, walks plus hits plus innings pitched. I haven't come up with a good anacronym yet. Not an anacronym. I think that's an anachronism, an acronym for this number. I've got it down on my sheet as PTOS. Okay. Punts, turnovers, or stops. Okay. I want our offense in the first three quarters of this game to have no more than three times where they punt, they turn it over, or they are stopped. That number is really too high. It ought to be two. 
but it's the opening game. Crazy things happen. Um, this is a team last year in southeastern Louisiana when they played their better competition. They, it was weird to look at. They would force turnovers, they'd force punts, and they'd still give up 45 points. It was They didn't get many stops on downs. They didn't seem to get off the field in big plays a lot. And so I want to see our offense be efficient. I, I, am I wrong to, to expect it to be – I don't know. I feel like I'm asking too much to have this offense firing on all cylinders tomorrow. Probably so, because how many times do you look in first games of football seasons around the country when teams have a different style of offense and everybody has the overreaction of saying, man, our, that, that team's offense is not very good. But as you kind of get into the season, they get better and better and better. And so, I mean, I don't want to be that case, but I understand your point. But you do have to wonder, you do have to wonder just how cohesive this offense is. Yeah, so all that being said, I don't – doesn't have to be great. I want to be good, and I think that's a good number in the first part of this ballgame. Also, my last number is 28. I want a 28-point lead at the half. I think that's doable. Last year, we led 28-3. to three. Two years ago, we trailed by a touchdown. Hey, we trailed, trailed late Oof. in that game against La Tech. Boy. But when you look at southeastern Louisiana, here's what they've done. We talked about them reviving their football team in 2003 after an 18-year hiatus. Since that time against FBS opponents, they're 0-28. And if you look, there aren't a ton of games that were terribly close. There are few. 2019, Ole Miss beat this team 40-29. to 2021, Louisiana Tech won 45-42. If you look at the close games against FBS teams they have played, it is predominantly Tech- Tulane, and the like. The thing is, when you're playing a weaker team, you got to go beat them. You got to go beat them, get them over with, and, you know, let's make it one of those games where it's friends and family kind of around in the fourth quarter, right? One of those games where halftime in the premium spaces, you got a lot to talk about. You talk about family, you talk about things that are positive. May not be talking a whole lot about football because let me tell you something, if you're down at the half, there's like going to be a lot of folks talking about football. Yeah, if, if, if there's there's a lot of guys like out back lined up against the rail ready to throw things. We've got big, <laughs> big problems. So those are my three numbers. One, made field goal, no misses. Three, punts, turnovers, or times stopped by the offense in the game. Again, I'm not counting garbage time at the end. And a 28 – no, you know you what? I am counting it. I am counting it. Let's go score. That's what I'm saying. And 28-point lead at the half is what I want. Well, those are our three numbers brought to you by Maroon and Company. Go to maroonandco.com and get all your Bulldog gear when you're coming into town and going to the game. All right, it's time now for our two brothers, two players that can smoke you. Brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive. Great place to people watch if you're coming to the game. Stay after the game. That's a great bar scene downtown on uh, University Drive. Of course, the the tacos are fantastic. The wings are good. They've got a patty melt that's outstanding. The burger is underappreciated. But let me tell you something. Everything you get down there at Two Brothers Smoked Meats is good. If you sit out on the patio, you sit upstairs on the balcony, it's a great vibe in the Cotton District. And our two players that can smoke you, Brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. 
All right. I tell you what, I'll start us off. Please start. Uh, my first is Dante Daniels, number two. He is a linebacker, and he is all of 5'11", 195, out of Port Sulphur, Louisiana. First team all-conference in the preseason. Started 11 games last year. 87 tackles, six for loss, forced a fumble, had a fumble recovery and an interception. I think on the defensive side of the football, linebacker is clearly where the depth and experience is on this team. Daniels, you got some other guys. His numbers are good. Kristoff, Britton have good numbers, I think. By the way, hey, I think we both probably thought about one guy, Arlen Williams, on this team, a defensive end. He was probably going to be my pick, and – he is not listed on the two deep, despite being uh, one of the best players in the league. So no report yet as to why he is not there. So we'll see if he plays. If he had played, we might have been arm wrestling over. Yeah, I was who actually was go- be. looking at him, and then all of a sudden we tri- try to figure out that he's not on the two deep. So that was one of going to be one of my guys. But Dante Daniels, the linebacker, the first man. The next one is the tight end, Ivan Drabosky. He is a junior. He's six four, two forty. Out of Bowling Green, Kentucky, via IMG Academy. Um, so here was the thing about him: he had 14 catches last season, but six were for touchdown. Um, in in some of their tighter games, a rivalry games, take McNeese. He had three touchdowns in that game. What does that make me think of? We I started to say Zach Arnett likes to play an aggressive defense, but Matt Brock is going to. You're going to dial up the pressure. You got a couple of guys that can play quarterback. We'll get into that in a minute. But if you're trying to bring pressure, where sometimes is the safety blanket tight end? Tight end work in the middle. So keep an eye out. Number 38, Ivan Drabosky working at tight end. Okay, so those are your two players. I'm going to kind of set the tone of why I'm going with this guy. First of all, southeastern Louisiana, we talked about him early on about having explosive runs. Well, here's the thing. They returned six guys on the offensive line that have – had a start of some sort in their career. So they've got a a veteran offensive line. They're ranked 15th in the country in the FCS. And they've got a running back in Rodeo Graham. Rodeo, like Rodeo Drive. But Rodeo, last year in his last five games, he had 35 runs. His longest run was nine yards. He was kind of more of the pounding running back. They had Carlos Washington, who was a really good running back last year. He graduated. But the thing about... Southeastern Louisiana, when you really break down their stats, they ran a lot of sweeps around the left end last year. 20% of their runs went outside the left end. And it's crazy when you look at their stats, they went around left end, or they if they went into the line, they went right side. And that's what Rodeo Graham did. He had a lot of success going around the left end or off right guard, and then right tackle. So he's one of the guys you got to stop. He went more right last year, 37 times to the right than th- 23 times to the left. And so Rodeo Graham, primarily because of his name, that's one of the guys I look for on the offensive side. So let me make a note on Graham for a moment. One of the things that this team struggles with, now they brought in some quarterbacks. you got a transfer from Hawaii. you got a transfer from just down the road at Northwestern. guy was all-conference. You've got a guy who's been around that will probably start tomorrow. But you lost your starting quarterback. You lost your three top rushers and your number one and number three wide receivers. Graham a year ago is a junior, but last year 343 yards on 78 carries. This is one of those things for Graham. It's just kind of if they're going to be any good, 
kind of got to step up. Yeah, it's kind of a he was more their conservative runner last year. Same way with Eli Sawyer, their quarterback. And he split time last year at quarterback and probably going to split time a little bit this year. Out of 215 dropbacks last season, he only had four scrambles, 11 touchdowns, just one interception. Completed 62%, only nine big-time throws, 10 turnover-worthy plays. I mean, he was very conservative last year as a quarterback. How about this on Sawyer? Here's the good, okay? 11 touchdowns, one pick. You like that, right? 28% of the time that he was pressured, it resulted in a sack. That is staggering. Better than one out of four times that they got pressured to him, he went to the ground. Um, He's not very elusive with and, those stats. And so, well, you look at the numbers and you say, hey, his passing efficiency rating is great. 121 of 194 throwing the ball. 11 touchdowns, one pick. That's great. But it ignores how many times he didn't get the ball off. So if ever we've sat around and said, get rid of it, boy, down in Hammond. They say, get rid of it. <laughs> they got banners. <laughs> All right, my second player. They is, got on the video board. <laughs> his first team, All-Southland Conference. He's a big-time player. Two Can time, I guess? Two-time All-Southland Conference. Okay, you're going with an offensive lineman here. You are going with Jalen Bell. No. You're not. No, I'm going with Austin Dunlap, 6'1", 195 senior uh, from he Slidell. He's the punter. Hey, this dude can punt now. He was 10th best in the FCS last year, and they ranked 6th best in net punting last year in the FCS. Their special teams have been good. He averaged 43 yards a punt, and here's why I want to highlight Mr. Austin Dunlap. Because you want to see him a lot. I want to see him punt a lot. <laughs> I want to see him punt a lot. I want to see him get ready and Tulu being sitting back there or Xavion sitting back there and thinking about, okay, I've got to angle this ball away, and he shanks about a 15-yarder. That's what I'm thinking about for the game tomorrow. All right, so you saw I was trying to guess where you were going. Yes, if, as I was looking at this, I told you the worst position group on the team, I think, is the secondary. I think the best position group on this team is their offensive line. Right. They have three all-conference players. But how about this? You have an offensive lineman, the center, John Allen, who was all-conference last year, first-team all-conference. He's from Jackson. The right tackle, Jalen Bell, he missed because of injury last year. He's from Amory, by the way. But the two years prior, he had been all-conference. So this offensive line, quick note on that, they got a lot of size. 83 starts returning across that offensive line. And one of the things I think you've got to give Greg Stevens, the offense coordinator, and Frank Selfo credit for, they lost three starters due to injury in the first four games last year, still going to win the league and go 9-4. and four. Now what has happened is some of those guys who got hurt last year, they're back, and either they're like Bell and getting their starting spot back or they're providing depth. So I think it would be a pretty good test for our defensive line, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, veteran guys, old guys, first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, that could give you some fits. Mentioned the quarterback situation briefly. We talked about Eli Sawyer. One other guy to note, you do have the transfer from Northwestern, Zachary Clement. He was all-conference in this same league a year ago. Better better runner, more elusive, but he throws more picks. Had four multi-interception game. 
in games in the last six last year. So we don't know who will play. But how about this? There is a quarterback who transferred in from Hawaii and didn't make the two deep. Don't you kind of feel like if I'm transferring to Hammond, you know? <laughs> if you're moving from Honolulu to Hammond? I mean, I mean, it is no the crossroads, knock. man. It's the crossroads of Louisiana. No knock on the strawberry fields or Lake Morapal, Pontchartrain, or anything else, but you're in Honolulu, man. Well, he may have come into major in supply chain management. Well, it's the only it. school in Louisiana with supply chain management. How about that? So, all right, let's talk. Um, that's kind of a look at our three numbers, our two players. Um, kind of final notes, thoughts on this ball game, thoughts about southeastern Louisiana. Well, this is one of those games, and we, we are notorious for saying this. This game is about us. It's not about you. It's about me. It's about us, not about them. And so going back to the point, tackling, doing the little things, not jumping offside, not having a legal procedure, this game – is about us. Now, southeastern Louisiana, we start thinking about the notable alumni of southeastern Louisiana, Robin Roberts, of course, a past Christian native. Her nephew, Lawrence Roberts, played basketball here in 2004 and 2005. Lawrence Roberts, excuse me, Robin Roberts, a graduate and played basketball at southeastern Louisiana. Well, I'll give you a couple of graduates that jump out at me, Bart. The first, Nathaniel Big Easy Lofton, who was a member of the Harlem Globetrotters. I was a Globetrotters guy as a kid, kind of like them. Saw them in the Humphrey Coliseum one time, as a matter of fact. And then this guy got me. I'm not familiar with the career of one Gavin Fingelson, but he's a South African-born Australian Olympic baseball player. I can't imagine that you run into many of those. An Australian Olympic baseball player. Born in South Africa. Hey, isn't JRT the athletic director down there? Yes. Long-time baseball coach. And, you know, Chris Selfo, the coach, actually played college baseball. Frank Selfo. Frank Selfo. Not Chris Selfo. It was Chris's brother. I've been called Brent my whole life, man, so I understand. Yeah, you get it, right? Yep. Um, and, by the way, last thing I noted about them was southeastern Louisiana was originally a junior college and ultimately joined the Louisiana system not that long ago, actually back in the mid-'90s. It is the third largest university in Louisiana behind only LSU and Louisiana Lafayette. Wow. Okay. Hey, I'm telling you, man, it's a crossroads of Louisiana. 55-12 right there at Hammond. It's where everybody used to pick up the strawberries. Hey, you know what? It was named Strawberry Field, by the way. The governor, so this stadium, real quick, was a public works project. The whole thing was built in like five weeks. The governor just rammed it through and – was going to name it after himself in the mid-20s. And apparently that didn't sit well with some people, so he had to settle for a statue. <laughs> but it became Strawberry Field. So, all right, that's a look at this ball game tomorrow. We will get back together on Sunday for our Sunday coffee. We'll break this one down, discuss our numbers, see how we did, see how the players we highlighted came up. This one, uh, Bart, just kind of closing thoughts Shouldn't be close, but that's why you play them. That's right. Hey, football season's here. That's a great thing. And this has been our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Tracks Plus now with five locations, Hickory, Mississippi, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Columbus, Mississippi, Bessemer, Alabama, and Alexandria, Louisiana. And so go to tracksplus.com for all that heavy machinery 
Got the Saney excavators and mini excavators. One of the things you can do is you can buy the new equipment. You can buy used equipment. They have a huge selection of used equipment for all the foresters out there and the construction guys. But the Weekend Warriors, the rentals, they have really expanded their rental operation. Service center down in Hickory as well. So if you're looking to rent something over the weekend, whether it be an excavator, whether it be one of those big old rock back trucks, whether it be a bulldozer, if you just need to do something over a two-week period and you don't want to buy something, you can rent it from our good friends at Trax Plus. Go to TraxPlus.com. See all their locations and all their inventory online. Chris Williams and the fine folks down there just continuing to grow and now sponsoring the Gridiron Club at football. This is the Trax Plus Gridiron Club. I wonder if we get, like, any special recognition down there. I mean, we're on Team Trax Plus. Probably we not. Get to skip to the front of the line or anything. We'll have to pay for our tickets. That's right. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out and thanks for joining us on this season's inaugural Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Uh, thank you very sincerely to everybody who listens and gives us feedback. Uh, we really appreciate the good feedback. The rest of it, uh, well, you know, we'll hear it too. Hey, and one thing we didn't talk about: country pleasing sausage. Country pleasing. If you're coming we to the didn't game, talk about country pleasing. We did not. And hey. Hmm. It's one of the things. If you're coming to the game and you're going to tailgate, it's 3 o'clock start. So if you get here real early, have some country pleasing. So country pleasing. We've got the regular jalapeno cheddar, pineapple pork, crawfish and pork, just so many different varieties now at country pleasing. They make it at Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 in Florence, Mississippi. They've got a huge butcher shop down there. They're dry aging steaks. They've got a bunch of jerky that they make. It's almost you know, like – like the Buckies now, you can go to Country Pleasing and get just a ton of beef jerky. And so, Country Meat Packers, Highway 49 down in Florence, a Mississippi company, and they are doing it right, Country Pleasing Sausage. Hey, so here's a question. If I wanted to have an event, could I get Country Pleasing to cater it for me? Yes, they can cater up to 500 people. And it doesn't have to be sausage? No, we no. They do, do chicken, ribs. We can do beef. They can do ribs. They can do brisket. They can do anything from a barbecue standpoint. They got those big old smokers down there. Hickory smoked. That's the way they, it's on the packaging and everything. So that hickory smoke that smokes that sausage can smoke those ribs and everything else. That's good, good eating for your 500 people if you need a catering job. Five, 50, 10, 5 to 500. They'll cater it for you. All right, we're going to have to look into that. We might need an end-of-the-year out-of-left-field show. Party. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you all hanging out.